Welcome to Talk is Jericho. It's the pod of thunder and rock and roll. And it is Friday and it is the eve, only a few days until SummerSlam. And today's guest is challenging for the Universal Championship for Raw, the WWE Universal title versus Seth Rollins. I'm talking about Finn Balor. Finn returns to talk as Jericho uh, for the first time of being on the Raw roster and challenging for a world championship in his very first pay-per-view. Finn is very excited. Finn is very humble. Finn is a very good guy. We're talking about his time in NXT, whether he was surprised or not being drafted to Raw, his upcoming SummerSlam main event match against Seth Rollins, and of course we're talking about the Demon and Balloween. Ballerween probably be better. You know it's going to be huge. Ballerween, man. I'm sure a lot of kids will be wearing the uh, Demon King costume this Halloween. Uh, it's going to be huge. Finn Balor is the next biggest star here in the WWE. But before we get to Finn, got a quick little interview with my son Ash, the fish expert, and his friend Julian. I took them to see Kiss a few weeks ago in Moline, Illinois. It was both Ash and Julian's first time seeing Kiss, and Kiss was the ultimate band to see for a couple of 12-year-old kids. Paul Stanley, Gene Simmons, Tommy Thayer, Eric Singer, all tremendous, tremendous people. Great guys. They gave uh, Ash and Julian the royal treatment, and you're going to hear their thoughts from Ash, the fish expert, and Julian right now. All right, we are here uh, in Moline, Illinois, the night after we saw Kiss, the uh, Freedom to Rock tour. Ash is here, and Julian is here. And um, you guys are almost basically 12 years old. And we both are. Just got to see Kiss for the first time ever. What do you you think? Amazing. I don't think anything will ever live up to that standard again. That was the best concert ever. The only thing that could beat it is a better Kiss concert. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your day. I mean, you guys got the full meal deal of every single thing you could get. Yeah, I mean, we started off and we were just went backstage, you know, got our passes and tickets. And we wa- walked around, met Paul Stanley. I, I want to stress that we met Paul Stanley and talked to him. Paul Stanley. <laughs> I was shaking so much. Oh, yeah. he. I thought he was going to, like, die of a heart attack. Because, Julian, you have a band, too, and you, when you told him that you play I Love It Loud, what did he say? You can teach me how to play it. <laughs> yeah. And he was talking about your guys' hair, and he was asking oh, yeah. questions about what you guys are doing in school, and <laughs> such a, what a great guy. Oh, huh? yeah. He's better than I expect him to be. What were you expecting him to be like? I expect him to be a nice guy, but he was even nicer than I could have imagined. Yeah. Just so, so gracious and... uh let it, it took us backstage. We, we ate catering back there. We were going to go have something to eat. He wouldn't let us go. Yeah. yeah. Let's go. And then you get to see the acoustic show. And we got to see. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was pretty awesome. And uh, Gene's a pretty funny guy. I'm just going to leave it. Yeah, at we'll just leave it at that. Well, tell us a little bit Gene. What, Gene uh, what, what did he do to you, Julian? Um, so I was wearing my Iron Maiden shirt because I don't own any Kiss shirts. And you got I got a try- lot of crap for it. I tried to find Kiss shirts, but I just never see them. So I'm wearing my Iron Maiden shirt, and they're all making jokes about it. Like that was just an opening band for us. And yeah, Paul said you like can't that. wear a T-shirt from one of our opening bands. <laughs> and then Gene comes over and he's like, "You want to see a magic trick?" And he comes over and he puts his arm over the Iron Maiden logo and he says, "Well, uh, it disappeared." And then he moved his hand. He's like, "It's back." Yeah, he was. And mad. then he puts it back. He's gone. <laughs> he was mad that you had the Iron Maiden shirt on. It was great too because uh, when I saw him, he said, uh, "It was as he was leaving." He goes, "You got something on your arm?" I'm talking about my tattoos. You got something on your arm? I said, "Yeah, that's the same thing he said to me last time I saw you." He goes, "I'm old." 
And then, uh, and back. then at the acoustic gig, what else is he doing, Ash? Oh God! Yeah, you're gonna have okay, to explain so this. First off, he walked over after the acoustic thing. Um, he got a picture with him, and then he uh, balanced, you know, a drum. He took one of the drumsticks that Eric had given us, bal- started bouncing on his nose, and then it fell. He picked it up, put it between his legs, and like bent over, and like it was like he was using like it was a tail or a, like a wiener or something. What? It was scary. You guys were laughing so hard. He's bent over and he had the drum, drumstick between his legs and he was like shaking it at you guys. Yeah, I was like, how did you respond to that? It's like, I'm like crapping. <laughs> he goes, he goes, he goes, I can't remember what he said. He's like, oh, he's laughing. He goes, you're he's teaching like, him well. <laughs> he's like, ah, oh, he's like, <laughs> So then we uh, we hung out some more at, at, at catering and then uh, then we got to take a picture with them when they all had their makeup on. Which was yeah. really cool. That was awesome. What did you think when you meet them without their makeup and then you see them with the makeup on? Totally different people. They like completely just get that character of you know Star Child, Demon, Demon Catman, Spaceman. Spaceman. It's just how about crazy. how tall they are too? Uh, it's crazy. Like I knew they were gonna be tall, but they were like, ah. <laughs> yeah, there's like, you know, like seven feet tall with the big giant uh, yeah, boots, boots on, on and stuff, which is cool. So then we go and sit down. Where do they have a sit? They had a sit at the sound stage, which was in the middle of a fence with everything in front of us. There was the uh, lights panels that were controlling the lights. Yeah, we were the at the soundboard. Yeah, yeah, the soundboard. And you know, right in front of us, there was a stage that Paul would fly onto, which was awesome too. So tell us about the show. What are some of the some of the highlights that you saw? There's so many effects and so many. Oh my gosh, that's crazy! It's like got everything. A concert should have explosions, you know, lights, lasers. Lasers are cool. Yeah. My my favorite was when Paul came over to the platform and he looked down at us and just pointed at us. That was cool. Yeah, if I got that on video, I posted on Instagram. It was like, yeah, when when Star Child flies across the arena to his platform and instantly recognizes you, it's a pretty cool thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, what else did you see? Um, you put your phone down. It's your first podcast. Yeah, I was going on Instagram oh. to see the video. That oh, okay, we can watch it after. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what else did you remember? What else? Was it? When Gene was throwing up blood and then started flying, I knew he was going to do it on God of Thunder because I've seen videos of it. Mm-hmm. But it's you have to see it to really, really enjoy it. Yeah, and it was funny too, Ash, because you were kind of zoning out for a bit. You were oh, yeah. kind of falling Around, asleep. Around um, like what was it? The six song, uh, six song shock me. Um, I was getting delirious. Like I honestly was would, would like half fall asleep, wake up, and there'd be like, you know, like something on the screen. It was just like in the background. You're seeing people. hallucinations. Yeah. I was literally seeing hallucinations, and then what around? It was at the end of Shock Me when Tommy had his solo. Yeah, and his... that's kind. Of, no, no, no. It was after. Sh- no, it started at Cir- er, Psycho Circus, and then it ended at Shock Me. Right, but then when Tommy had a solo and he was yeah. shooting all the bombs off of his guitar. Which is awesome, yeah. You were like, that's a guitar hero right there. Yeah. Yeah. It was cool to me, too, to watch you guys see Kiss for the first time because you're about the same age as I was when I first saw Kiss on the Animalized Tour back in 1984. And obviously it was a different Kiss, but they still, Kiss has always been, you know, bombs and then lasers and cool gimmicks and platforms and rising, you know, things off the stage and stuff. So it was cool to watch you guys see it for the first time. You know, Gene breathing fire and all that stuff. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's a cool experience for me to watch you guys check it out. Oh, and I think, you know, towards the end of the show when they started playing uh, rock and roll all night and party every day, Mm -hmm. um, 
these two guys came up to us and said, do you want to shoot the confetti cannons? That it's was like, awesome. We, we literally shot, like, what, like, a hundred pounds of confetti into, like, the crowd. It was crazy, and the guy started just picking them out of the bucket and throwing at people that were walking by. So what was your job? What did you have to do? He'd give me, like, do like this, and i turn the thing down, and then start dumping confetti, and it'll just go, like, So you dump raining. confetti into, like, the air blower yeah, that it shoots was it out. It was so cool, weird, because it was, like, compressed air leading to a vacuum, and the vacuum would just suck in the confetti and then spit it back out with the compressed air. And it was, like, making smoke, and they were straight. Yeah. It was it was amazing. That was so cool. I've never got to load the confetti cannon before. <laughs> I'm jealous of you guys. That's great. Then afterwards, we went and hung out. We waited for uh, for Paul, and they gave us, like, how many shirts did they give us? Oh 60. My God. 60? Like all of the shirts. Yeah. all of the shirts. <laughs> if anybody wants a Kiss shirt, just uh, – what we should, we should do is we should have a, a, a contest. contest. Yeah. At Talk is Jericho. If you want a Kiss shirt, hashtag – uh, which would be hashtag be kiss ash kiss ash <laughs> there you go uh, hashtag kiss ash that's that k-i-s-s-a-s-h uh, and you could win a kiss t-shirt that uh that the boys will give you because literally they gave us i think 10 of each kind <laughs> except for the ones that we wanted we had to send them back to the merch stand to get yeah. more right i still don't think he got the one that he wanted <laughs> yeah. i didn't but i'm happy with the one i got you're happy end. either way and then we got to meet Paul at the end again. We waited for him to get his makeup off. And uh, once again, cool. just, uh, he was really excited to hear you guys' opinions and thoughts on, on Kiss, right? Yeah. You got to ask him your question, Julian? Yeah. Would you ask him? I asked him what his favorite Kiss album was. And like I was expecting, he said Alive. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably probably best. He usually says yeah. like Monster. He says our newest one's my favorite. I think that's just promotionally. Yeah. I think Kiss Alive is, is probably the best Kiss record for sure, you know. I think... Uh, I, I just once again just what an experience like oh I my said. gosh yeah you know what yeah. I forgot to say is there there was like a what like a hundred no like the, you know, the disco ball a huge yeah. disco ball giant and, disco ball yeah and they were playing around uh, with Black Diamond that was cool oh yeah yeah the Black Diamond was great with it when the drum riser goes up and just a, okay, just a great show mm-hmm. overall and uh, lots of fun and the guys couldn't have been any nicer the whole crew was great oh my gosh they Kate. took a Tell them about your shirt for uh, Coach Aikens. Okay, so we have a coach at our school. Shout out to Coach Aikens. Um, <laughs> and we got one of the ba- uh, security guards yeah. to um, go around and get, you know, Paul, Tom, Eric, and uh, Gene to sign a shirt for him, which is awesome. Because he's a good teacher? Because he's a good teacher. And he likes Kiss, huh? Yep. That should be a good surprise for him. That's oh, pretty. Yeah. That was pretty cool of you guys to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Last question. What was your favorite song of the night? Ash or Julie, you want to go first? As always, I have two favorite songs. These are definitely my favorite Kiss songs is Love Gun and Black Diamond. And he flew on Love Gun, and that was just awesome. He's like literally right in front of us. Yeah. Right in front of us. And they, he put us there. Remember he said, I'm going to fly out yeah. there. You guys, he, said, he said, put him by the platform. So, and then Paul said he was watching us the whole show. Yeah, that was that crazy. Was so crazy. <laughs> I think my favorite were the opening and closing Detroit Rock City and um, Rock and Roll All Night. Rock and Roll All Night and yeah. Party Every Day. And, uh, I, I mean, I know it's kind of mainstream, but 
They're good songs. They're good songs. My favorite, uh, I think Lick It Up was my favorite because they did that breakdown in the middle where they played Won't Get Fooled Again by The Who. Yeah. And that's when all the lasers were shooting around and they went up on the platform. I just thought, like, just for a random song, they put so much effort and so much production into Lick It Up. Yeah, it's like, what? You know? And everyone knows I love 80s Kiss. And that was basically the only 80s Kiss song they played without makeup. But yeah. it's just a great time, and I'm glad I got to hang out with you guys. And uh, now we have to go get some breakfast and get back on the plane and go home. Ooh. Can you believe it's over? Uh, nah. No, you, it's still going on in my head. You got a last message for Kiss? Rock on. I'd say thank you. Would be. Oh, good. yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say thank you, but uh, you have a different thing in mind. <laughs> no, thank you, Kiss. All right, great. here we go. Love gun, baby. All right, big thanks to my boy Paul Stanley, a good, good friend of mine, Gene Simmons, a good guy as well, Tommy and Eric, and the entire KISS camp for the amazing experience in the show. As you could hear, we had a great time. Uh, And speaking of great times, uh, come out to the Talk is Jericho live podcast featuring my special guest Christian this Sunday at Caroline's on Broadway in Times Square. The fun starts at 10 a.m. with a VIP breakfast. You get a special VIP breakfast ticket to uh, hang out with me and Christian, and then at 11 o'clock, 11 a.m., we start the Talk is Jericho live podcast. I promise uh, you're going to laugh your heads off. Uh, I know a lot of stuff about Christian. We have great chemistry. Then from 12 until 2, it's an autograph signing. It's a Q&A. Lots of stuff going on. Obviously, you have plenty of time to head on over to uh, Barclays, the Barclays Center for SummerSlam. 15 minutes away, Caroline's on Broadway. We'll have you there with time to spare. So come out to Caroline's on Broadway, Times Square, New York City. This Sunday officially starts at 11 a.m., VIP breakfast breakfast at 10 a.m. Uh, the 11 a.m. is when the live talk is Jericho podcast starts featuring special guest Christian. If you want tickets, just go to lifestylesportsgroup.events. That is lifestylesportsgroup.events and pick up a ticket for this hilarious, hilarious Sunday morning extravaganza. It's Talk is Jericho live in New York City with Christian as my guest. We're going to be there tearing it up at Caroline's. We will see you on Sunday. Uh, lots of laughs. And if you're looking for more laughs and stories, in this case, utter ridiculous stories, you need to subscribe to the new Team Tiger Awesome Show podcast iTunes, the second podcast on the Jericho Network, and that debut episode of the Team Tiger Awesome Show drops this Sunday. I guarantee that Monday, Truly Engage, will have you laughing your asses off uh, like they do every single week, like they did uh, last episode. Who's hot and who's not? Definitely one of the most ridiculous podcasts I've ever been a part of, and one of my favorite. I love those guys. They're three three modern-day stooges, very, very funny guys, pop culture experts, and they got away with uh, great chemistry. It's hilarious. They are the ones that I've chosen to be the second podcast on the Jericho Network. The first one, Keeping It 100 with Conan, is a huge hit. Thank you so much for listening and subscribing to Keeping It 100 with Conan. Another great episode this week with Eric Bischoff talking about Conor McGregor. Uh, Also, they're talking about CM Punk, how they think he's going to do in UFC. Uh, Lots and lots of great stuff. Juventud Guerrera gets ribbed, which is hilarious. Two great shows on the Jericho Network, Keeping It 100 with Conan and the Team Tiger Awesome Show. Subscribe and leave your comments. 
comments uh, now. And also uh, do the Jericho Network a solid. Like I said, leave them a five-star rating and a killer review. And do it for myself as well. Okay, I'm asking you to do a lot of stuff. Now I'm going to give you something. Okay, Finn Balor made his WWE main roster debut on Raw with a huge, huge statement. He beat Roman Reigns to become the number one contender for the uh, WWE Universal Championship. This Sunday, he's going to take on Seth Rollins. There will be a new champion this Sunday. His first pay-per-view is a main event championship match. We're going to talk all about that and so much more. Talk is Jericho. All right, so here in uh, in Sydney on the long end of a long tour with the newest WWE sensation, Finn Balor. And uh, what do you think of this tour so far? Um, i got to be honest. Uh, i done this tour last year as I think I was NXT champion when I came down. Mm. And it was... I've been touring like 14 years at that point. And this tour last year was the most difficult tour I've ever experienced in my whole life, just with the travel. And it was just relentless early mornings, like 5 a.m. wake-up calls, like two, three-hour flights to the town, yeah. and get a workout in, then work the show. And, uh, you know, every, every day was the same. And then, you know, uh, it kind of takes its toll. But this one, man, it's been great. It's been fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've been feeling good, feeling healthy. Uh, energetic and uh, is it fun for you now too because you mentioned like last year and just to fill in what he's saying is that it's been a show every night with a flight every morning so I think sometimes people don't understand that in itself is really hard so to work like, and then you know three four hours sleep yeah so like uh, even just a couple of minutes ago I had one, uh, a text from uh, one of my best friends uh, who lives in Dubai now mm. and uh, he texted me and he said hey man I seen you're in Melbourne how long are you staying? I'm, I'm flying into Melbourne tomorrow. Maybe we can hang out. <laughs> Man, I'm already in Sydney. He goes, what? <laughs> like you, you had a show there last night. I was like, yeah, I'm already in Sydney today. We got a show. With Adelaide in between. We've, Melbourne yeah. was two days ago now. That, actually, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing, right? Yeah. But I mean, the thing that, that uh, to me is, is fun for you this time too is like you mentioned last year you were there as NXT champion. Yeah. You know, uh, this year you're here as a member of the WWE roster. Yeah. It's been a long time coming, man. I mean, that must be something that finally is 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 like I did it. Uh, you know what? It's kind of bittersweet because um, really, you know, obviously, I came and signed with WWE with the intention of being on Raw and being on SmackDown and you know pay per views and WrestleMania, SummerSlam. But uh, NXT turned into something that I really fell in love with and really be- like felt like I you know contributed a lot and you know became a big part of me and. Uh, even last night at the show, I heard like a, a promo package playing on the big screen for uh, the NXT tour of Australia, and I literally thought like, "Oh, that's me! I'm coming down." Here. And then I had to like double double back yeah. and go, "Oh no, I'm not! I'm I'm, I'm already here!" I, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's bittersweet. Obviously, like the long term objective is to be here in WWE, but um, you know, NXT is something that I still hold very special. Because like you said, myself. you became kind of almost the face of the company down there. And I mean, obviously, once in a while, you still have your Coral Springs, Florida shows. Yeah. But you're also going into the Barclays Center and selling it out. You're going to wherever it was. You guys were like in Portland or everywhere in the country doing two, three, four thousand people, five thousand people, fifteen thousand people. Yeah. And that basically happened almost under your watch. Well, you know, I can't take credit obviously but uh, there was a huge kind of supporting cast there that kind of a lot of unsung heroes and mm-hmm. um, but uh, I think it was kind of like a very much for me like right place right time 
it was a it was a real kind of team effort and mm-hmm. it was a, like everyone there kind of bonded in what we were doing together and uh, you know traveling together you know bussing around which was a lot different than uh, WWE main because everyone's together on a bus yeah, or a tour bus right? together yeah. it's, it's similar to like these international tours every weekend and uh, and then you know you get back to Orlando and you're straight into the performance center again <laughs> to do some training <laughs> and, you know, what the hell I just wrestled in Barclays and 16,000 people sold out and it's and Tuesday morning and I gotta like you do know, your Roles. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's uh, it's all paid off in the long run. You know? Did they still make you do all that stuff even at the level that you are such a great performer and, and, and you would still have to go do your Tuesday morning hit the ropes and all that um, stuff? And at the at the beginning, yes. Uh, I was you know, when I when I signed uh, myself, Kevin Owens and Hideo Tame previously Kenta mm-hmm. uh, all began in the beginners class. And was, basically three top names in your respective companies that you came from yeah right um but um you know we kind of just enjoyed it you know and took it as a as a welcome break and i always kind of feel like i'm the most overtrained professional wrestler <laughs> on the planet like i you know i've done six years in the uk where i was getting coached uh like you know full time uh, i ended up in japan got completely retrained in the Japanese style for a good four years in the dojo before like I was out of the dojo system and then uh, like you know on, on a kind of superstar uh, deal mm-hmm. and uh, then you know again back to the bottom of the pile in NXT and got like retrained again and uh, honestly before I came to NXT and now I feel like ten times the performer than when I arrived, and that's thanks to the training at the Performance Center. Which is funny, because I'm sure when you first showed up, you probably thought, and, and, and I'm not saying this in, a, in an egotistical way, but you're probably thinking, okay, come on, how long am I going to be here? What am I going to be learning? Yeah, you know, you know exactly, and um, you know, people always say, like, you know, you spent two years at NXT, two years at the Performance Center, like, you know, it was way too long, but honestly, it was needed, and mm-hmm. I needed to adjust to, you know, the style in, in, in WWE, and, uh, like, Getting the like the knowledge from Terry Taylor every day, uh, you know, leadership from Matt Bloom, uh, you know, there's Sarah Del Rey there, Norman Smiley, uh, there's just so many people there. Brookside, like, yeah, Brookside, you know, and uh, everyone that was there kind of really helped mold me into like more of I don't want to say a finished product because I don't consider myself that, but like. More complete. More complete and more like well-rounded mm-hmm. than I was when I arrived there. You, you know, know, it's interesting. You mentioned Terry Taylor, who's down there now. He's one of the, I guess, one of the coaches. But yeah. I also learned a lot from Terry Taylor in WCW. He kind of really, he helped me out a lot. Like, I wouldn't be where I am now without Terry Taylor and his influence and what he was able to do down there. What did Terry teach you? Because he's a very smart guy that I think was underrated because he just has a big mouth. He'll tell you that himself. Yeah. He always got himself in so much trouble, but uh, super smart guy to the business. Yeah, super smart. Um, not just a, as a wrestling coach, but really as like a, a life mentor and kind of kind of keep me on the right track, keep me focused. Uh, one thing, uh, you know, I was having a kind of a down day about six months in, and I was like, "Come on, man! I'm here six months. I just wanna, I wanna get like, wanna get going," you know. And uh, he said, "Finn." You've been here six months, and maybe if you spend a year here with me, you'll add ten years onto your career. Mm. If you had a continued, you know, performing the way you were performing in Japan, uh, you know, your 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 shelf life was gonna mm. be yeah, for, uh, like you know, greatly uh, less than uh, with the things I'm gonna teach you. And really, he just teaches you about like how to carry yourself better, mm-hmm. and uh, 
it's, uh, it's, it's really stuff that I've, you know, that's going to stay with me for my whole career. I'll tell you one thing that he taught me, and this is actually something that I'll, I don't think I've ever talked about this before, but in WCW, what, 98 or so, is when he turned me heel because yep. uh, I was floundering as a babyface, nondescript. He turned me heel, gave me a couple little pointers, and gave me a, he wanted me to use a submission because yep. for whatever reason he said we need to make you tougher, use a submission. Yep. He wanted me to use an arm bar. I suggested the, the, the walls of Jericho that, that I still use, and he's the one that at the time when we used a submission finish, he made the guy tap. Yep. Make sure you hit the mat because before that, guys would just kind of go, okay, okay, and then you wave your finger in there and they'd ring the bell. Because yep. UFC had started with the tap out. Okay. He's the first guy that brought tapping out to this country, and I will stick by that to this day. Oh, wow, yeah, I, I believe it. I really think uh, he's kind of an underutilized um, person in this industry, mm-hmm. and uh, he's someone that like has, you know, obviously I can't speak more highly of uh, the knowledge that he's passed on to me and. Uh, you know, I'm very mm. grateful for that. What do you think it is about NXT that was able to take it from, like we mentioning, small you know high school gymnasium shows to selling out the Barclays Center to becoming like the cool thing in wrestling in a lot of ways? I don't know, man. It's uh, it just felt like rock and roll wrestling. You know, it felt <laughs> like uh, you know, it just felt like really cool and like everyone was like they're all young guys, hungry, eager to impress, and I think for maybe the fans they saw the talent as the underdogs and you know everyone likes to root for the underdogs and uh, I think you know it was just a, a perfect storm of you know the brains behind the whole thing with uh, the the booking was great you know uh, the production was you know off the charts and uh, then it was like young hungry talent that you know wanted to perform mm-hmm. a lot of guys that came from around the world too yeah that like you said would start out in NXT is kind of a place to, to get your wings yeah so when you come up here because yeah. like, when I came here from WCW I was not as good as I thought it was yeah and like you said you realize that after a year or two like holy smokes I have to relearn everything in a yeah. lot of ways yeah and uh, it's it's not even like relearning things it's just kind of like tuning them in and kind of moving things around like you know uh, different uh, you know different things you use at different points in a match you kind of like shuffle it all around uh, and uh, it's just, uh, it's been a whirlwind, man, the last two years. All right, there are some seriously talented luchadors in AEW, and not all of them speak English, which can make putting together matches a little challenging sometimes. That's why I signed up for Rosetta Stone. I'm learning Spanish, amigos, eh, amigas. See, already learning. Haha, Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program. You don't even have to learn Spanish, though, because Rosetta Stone has 25 languages, including French. German, Korean, Arabic, and Polish, and Japanese. That's what I'm going to do next. I spent a lot of time in Japan, and I still work with a lot of Japanese wrestlers at AEW, like Takeshita. So having a better handle on the language will definitely show in the ring. Communication is key. And learning Spanish on Rosetta Stone has been so fun and easy. They've got this true accent feature that gives you feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. Sort of like having a personal trainer for your accent. I'm using the app, but you can also do the lessons on desktop or laptop. I also like that I can download the lessons and do them offline, which is perfect for a plane. I can sit there on a flight and work on my Espanol. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. 
For a very limited time, Talk is Jericho listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash Jericho. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash Jericho today. That's rosettastone.com slash Jericho. Do it today. Okay, here with Finn Balor. Um, when did you start hearing rumors that you were going to get called up uh, to the WWE main roster? I heard rumors from the moment I signed the contract okay. and it was announced. <laughs> and <laughs> it was um, it was kind of an ongoing thing. Uh, you know, when I when I signed, it was kind of under the the pretense that you know maybe you'll spend like you know zero to six months in developmental, which it was developmental at the time. Like you know, the NXT was kind of only in its infancy, and uh, I think with the the growth of NXT uh, it was you know something that was kind of not put on the the back shelf but like there was more important things to achieve at NXT than for me just you know to get called up mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. no reason whatsoever you know and uh, there was days where I was kind of like cursing the system going like oh man you know yeah. like well, how much longer yeah well how much longer but really like in hindsight and looking back like everything worked out exactly the way it was supposed to work out and if it had happened any sooner you know it wouldn't have uh, mm-hmm. I don't think it would have had the same impact uh, I don't think I would have had the same confidence that's a big that's a big thing too having confidence yeah you know and uh, getting being in NXT having that confidence but also getting the opportunity to work with the main roster on the overseas loops and you know mm-hmm. some loops in uh, uh, you know in, in America Um helped me build up like a relationship with the guys on the main roster and you know we all kind of became familiar with yourself or with each other so like you're not going into this locker room as like an unknown entity mm-hmm. and like you know with no friends or no allies and uh, that's another beautiful thing about NXT is that like I'm coming in now and like I'm traveling around with all my best buddies you know well, like, that's the thing they all yeah. came to meet you here yeah right? exactly you know so uh you know, there's uh, obviously the boys have came in. You know, the club from uh, mm. have came in from Japan, and then there's you know the friends that I made in NXT as well. Like you know, Sami Zayn, Neville, you know, Kevin Owens. It's all there, so it's uh, it's it's really cool. So you got a close knit group of guys that you came in through the system with, which is something like 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 that's kind of with the guys that I came up with with Dean and Eddie and Chris and yeah. Mysterio and those guys because we had worked in so many different companies together by the time we got to the big leagues quote unquote yep. we'd already worked you know 20 30 40 50 times in all places around the world you have that bond yeah it's quite interesting because like me as a fan i would have seen you guys coming in to wwe and thinking man that's so cool all those guys have gone through it all together and now they're there mm-hmm. and the way it's worked out is it's been the exact same for me so like I think there's something to be said about like you know working your way up from you know from scratch and you know going through the, the grind it, it makes it it makes you appreciate it so much more and it gives it so much more value than you know if you just got it like handed to you willy-nilly and you know you know that's uh what did you think when uh, there was kind of that you know that that raid of new japan with uh, anderson and gallows and aj and nakamura all at the same time um I thought it's a great thing for wrestling. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, you know, it'll hurt New Japan, you know, for the moment. But I believe, like, that the business has a great way of regenerating itself. And it's, you know, a lot of people would say to me when I was in NXT, you know, what's NXT going to 
be like without Finn Balor. You know, if you get called up, you know, we're done, we're done. And I'd just, my reply would be, well, if you look back six months ago, we had Kevin Owens, Baron Corbin, uh, Apollo Crews, Sami Zayn, and they're all gone now, mm-hmm. and we're fine. Mm-hmm. So NXT will be fine without me. New Japan will be fine without you know Gallows and Anderson and Nakamura, and you know when I'm gone from WWE, WWE is going to be fine too. Yeah, that's how it goes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. There's never one guy that I remember like oh, maybe, you know a Brett left WWE or Hogan leaves WWE or Ed, it's like doesn't matter anymore. Like you said, the, the, the business goes on yeah. from the brand of it. And just know? like even just looking at the, the Cruiserweight Classic, that's you know that I believe is really going to feed NXT. It's kind of it's new generation of guys and uh, there's some know, good guys in there oh, that I'd never even heard of yeah, before. Some incredible guys. They did, they did yeah. a great job of kind of uh, scouring the globe to find. Yeah. You know, yeah. That's one thing. Like, I mean, Vince is obviously our boss, and Vince is still one of the smartest guys. I'll rephrase that, the smartest guy. I've ever, well, maybe Pat might be smarter, but the two of them are up there. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, Triple H has done a tremendous job of, of revamping the whole system. And also now, what's old is new, bringing in all these, like, quote-unquote, small guys. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. And we've got that back in our show, which we had 15 years ago, and then it went away for a while. But it's he, he, he's, he's been really smart with that i'm really yeah. uh, giving props for it yeah it's uh it's funny to talk about like you know smaller guys for uh, the longest time i was told i was too small yeah you know? and, uh, <laughs> me too and uh and you're taller than i am when you walked in i was like holy shit he's a couple of inches taller than me <laughs> yeah. i think i'm uh i'm the tallest short guy i just wear i wear shooter shoes you know so like that's they're, right they're, they're, that's like, what it is super flat you know so uh but um but yeah i was at the performance center uh they were shooting the cwc they had some of the boys in doing some training beforehand uh and you know some close friends of mine from the uk and uh, noam dar and zach saber are there and we're just kind of like giggling, like little schoolboys, kind of going like, "Hey, like, did, was the security not looking?" And we all just kind of snuck in the back door. <laughs> so that's what it, what it felt like, you know, as if like, how the hell did we all end up here at yeah. the same time? You know, yeah. it's, uh, like only like a year or two years ago, like you know, we were doing an indie in a bar in in the UK somewhere, you know. And only a few years before that, there was the verdict that the only new signings guys who had to be six foot two and two hundred fifty pounds, or maybe yeah. last six, seven, eight years. Yeah. And you're thinking, oh my gosh, you're just missing out on all these great guys and yeah. then it went away and yeah. here you all here. Yeah. You know? There's a guy that I saw, I mean, just seeing the Cruiserweight Classic because there's so many names and faces, but the one guy that I loved, he had this cool mustache, Jack Gallagher. Do you know yeah. him? Yeah, I've uh, I've met him in passing a couple times. He's a tremendous talent. Is he good? Uh, yeah. Yeah. He, he look I just like his look, you know? Yeah, he's a great look. Uh, he's very quirky. Yeah. Uh, but you know, technically he's extremely sound mm-hmm. and uh, you know I think he's got a bright future yeah like I said yeah. I just, I, I, I'm a big uh, you know I love the presentation the show yeah. business that's why it was attracted to you right away because of the the, the, the gimmick the demon gimmick it's like this guy looks cool like, I like that you know yeah. um, but let's talk about what you actually did get called up because last year we worked in Japan you and I we yep. had a great match I came back and I told Vince it's like dude this guy Ballard great gimmick great worker you know he said oh, yeah, I got my eye on him year passes same thing. I actually went and had a meeting with Vince in Greenville, North Carolina, and uh, I was pitching him an idea for SummerSlam where it would be you and I working. And I said, you got this guy, Bally. He's in NXT. He's been there for a couple of years. It's time to bring him up, man. And, like, he's, he's ready. Like he's, he's good and this and that. And Vince was like, yeah, you know, we got we to get him going. So the plan for the last four or five months, three months, whatever it was, was, was you and I working at SummerSlam. Then you get called up, and I show up at Raw, and 
things change, and we'll talk about that. But how was it for you when you got drafted? Did you know you were going to get drafted? Uh, I'd heard whispers, mm-hmm. but like you know, I don't really believe anything until it happens. Yeah, you know, like sure. if someone says it's raining outside, I'm gonna like look, look out the window. <laughs> so uh, you get wet. Yeah. yeah. So uh, you know, I'd heard whispers. I wasn't like sure it was actually going to happen or not. And uh, you know, when it happened, it was. It was, was it a, a surprise? Like, were you watching on TV or something? Or uh, no? So we had a a group kind of assembly at the performance center, oh. and we all watched it on a big screen. And uh, it was it was a weird moment because like you're sitting there with all your colleagues uh, at NXT, and like your name's called out, and like everyone's cheering for you, you know. And I'm just going, oh man! And you were called yeah. early, like number three, right? Y- yeah, number I, three overall. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm not sure the numbers, but like it was it was a very awkward moment. I don't. I'm quite introverted in nature, and like I don't like to be the center of attention. <laughs> if you're like, not in the ring, if I'm not in the yeah. ring, you know, especially. And uh, all of a sudden, like we're we're just sitting there, and my name's called, and everyone's around me clapping and cheering, and uh, I just kind of kind of started going like, you know, blushing and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, I can see like you know, uh, it was yeah, it was a surreal moment. You know, have you had your last NXT show? Yes. Well, I had like what felt like. A uh, hundred last NXT shows because uh, you know uh, when Joe won the belt in uh, Worcester, Massachusetts on the uh-huh. house show, pretty much every match after that, people were saying, "Yo, this is your last one. This is this is it. This is your last one." And then uh, I was told that maybe the weekend before the draft, this or, well, there was takeover in the cage with Joe. That could be your last one. Then I think the next night or the next week, I'd done the TV match with Nakamura, and I was told, you know, that's your last one, you're done. <laughs> and then they were like, oh, well, we need you on the house shows this weekend. So I was like, okay, yeah, no problem. So then there was like three or four weeks of this is your last one. Then I was told, this is it, this is your last one, go out and have fun. Went out, had fun. The draft happened literally Five minutes after the draft happened, Matt Bloom, who's the head coach of the Performance Center, comes over and he goes, Hey, kid, don't forget, I need you this weekend. <laughs> I was like, oh, classic. <laughs> he had more retirement tours than Terry Funk at this point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so where was the actual last show? The, the, uh, the last one was in Texas. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we done we done the Texas loop around there. I think uh, we finished up in Houston, and oh. then uh, from Houston I came straight to. Straight was there like a, did you have like a little backstage moment? Uh, we actually had an in ring moment, nice. which was uh, quite surreal because normally I finish out the show with like a little you know thank you promo or whatever, and then as I grab the mic and I'm about to start talking, Bailey's music hits, and Bailey comes out. And, you know, uh, we've had kind of like an on-screen romance for a while, you know, but that's it. It's just an on-screen <laughs> okay. kind of thing. And uh, uh, she came out and she gave a little speech. And uh, then, you know, everyone else who'd been drafted came out to the ring and, you know, we all kind of acknowledged each other. And then uh, the whole locker room emptied into the that's to, cool. into the entranceway. And, uh, you know, it was just nice to kind of share that farewell with all, all the ba- people. Bailey's another one who's ready to, to come up. Absolutely, yeah, yeah ready and, uh, like... I think she can really kind of reach such a huge audience and like she's such a good role model for you know younger kids and you know girls in general and uh, thinks she's got a huge future out yeah of her. so we've never really had that before like somebody yeah. for like you know preteen girls sort of thing to really yeah. latch on to yeah you know and you know an incredible performer as yeah well, the same good timing so, yeah. yeah yeah so tell me about your uh, 35th birthday Oh man! What a day! <laughs> what a day! <laughs> so, uh, 
I get a text message from Hunter at about like 11 in the morning saying, happy birthday, big day today. And I was like, oh, I'm going to be at Raw. Like, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I'm going to be at Raw. And I've been at Raw countless amounts of times and, mm. like, didn't know what was going to happen. Nothing ever happened. So I wasn't, like, really under any kind of impression that anything was going to happen today. Uh, so get to the building, you know, everyone's in their, the production meeting or whatever. Didn't you say, too, that you had brought a suit? Because you thought, because like, I had told you that maybe we're doing yeah, something. Yeah, so, like, I'd brought everything. I'd brought, like, you know, leather jacket gear, suit gear, I, but, like, a suit that if I need physicality, I don't mind if it gets ripped up. <laughs> so, like, I'm wearing a suit, but I've got an extra suit if we need to, like, have but you're a thinking in case we were doing a promo or something, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I was under the impression that uh, it was it was going to be, uh, you know, if anything, it was going to be me and you. So was I. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, about 5 p.m., uh, you know, I get pulled aside and I'm told, you know, uh, you're in a in a four-way to open the show. And it's, uh, you know, it is what it is. So. And you're going over. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. And uh, I was like. <sighs> Did they tell you the whole plan? Because you, you, you were in the first match. No, no. Oh, they didn't like, even tell yeah, you that. Yeah, it was one step at a time. Okay. Was, yeah, so. <laughs> It was, uh, yeah, it was one step at a time. So I was like, yeah, that's what we're going to do. I was like, holy cow, man, this is my birthday. I'm getting to debut against, you know, three guys that I really respect, you know. Rusev, Cesaro. Yeah, Rusev, Cesaro, and Kevin Owens, right. who, you know, have you know, a good history with too. So I um, went in there, and it was all kind of, you know, last-second stuff because I had to rehearse the entrance, which, you know, wasn't, you know, for the camera angles and yeah. everything like that. So it was, uh, it was all kind of very thrown together at the last minute and uh, kind of got kicked out the curtain, went out there, and was like, oh, I'm on a roll, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> but did you, but then, so when did you find out that you were going to be winning the second match against Roman? Yeah, after this. After the first one? Yeah, after the first one, yeah. Because, you know, I hadn't had a chance to speak to Roman until... Uh, so you didn't know until yeah. after the first match was done that you yeah. were going to be winning the second one? Yeah. You're kidding me. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, 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 so let, okay, so I don't want to jump ahead. So, so what was it finally like to go out and be on Raw? Oh, man. Uh, so I guess they had that presentation uh, at the beginning where they had the whole roster on the stage. Mm-hmm. And uh, they called out the eight participants in the, you know, the two, four-way matches. And uh, I guess, the, you know, the... The idea was for the first seven guys to be called, and then on the last uh, en- entrant is uh, you know NXT's Finn Balor, and you know the seas open and I walk out through the middle, and like I just remember like walking out there and going, ah, oh, am I standing in the middle? Because <laughs> like yeah, I think I was a little bit yeah, off yeah, center, you make know. Sure you're in the middle. And then like Rusev shouting at me, I'm like, am I supposed to interact with Rusev? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, how's my collar look? You go right back to being a total green boy, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah but. Uh, Got a, you know the uh, the reaction of the crowd, uh, you know, really kind of put a lot of nerves at ease that night, you know. So uh, were you worried at first that no one would know who you were? Um, I'm never worried about that because, you know, obviously I have a lot of self belief and self confidence, but I, you know, it definitely is reassuring to get like a little pat on the back. So yeah, we got you, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah that's the thing. Like the NXT fans, there's they're very vocal and loud. Yeah. Even the first night when Enzo and Cass came out. Maybe ten percent of the audience knew who they were, yeah. but they reacted so huge yeah. that it makes everyone else want to react as well. Like, well, how come we're not in on this? Yeah. We should cheer as well. Yeah. So instantly they were over. Yeah, it's kind of what happened with you as yeah. well. <laughs> yeah. So you finally come out on Raw. You do the match. Yeah. Tell us what happens after that. 
do the match, come backstage. I'm like, holy cow, man, what's next? I get pulled away. We do a couple of interviews for .com, a couple pictures for social media. And, uh, you know, I just go back to catering. I'm like, oh, I wonder what happens next. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm in the last match, you know. But uh, I mean, uh, So, yeah, hang around the catering for a while. Uh, get pulled into the room with, you know, a couple of the agents and Roman. And uh, they go over what we're going to do. And I'm like, just looking around like, is this really happening today? <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's all kind of very foggy. Uh, I remember being in Gorilla, not entirely sure of what I'm going to do when I go out there and uh, wasn't sure like because the entrance is something that's very particular and, mm. and I your entrance yeah my entrance and I'm not sure whether I should do it twice in the same night or not so like I'm kind of walking out there going hmm am I going to give it the full, the full pose and everything yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the full pose and the, all the mannerisms and you know really take my time on it and uh, I kind of kind of just went went not went through the motions, but kind of gave a watered-down version because really what I was, what I thought I was betraying on television was literally what I was feeling. I was like anxious, nervous, like, oh, my God, is this really happening? Don't mess this up. You've worked for 16 years to get here, you know? <laughs> right. So, uh, uh, you know, went through the match, uh, worked with Roman, absolutely incredible uh, in the ring. He's great, isn't he? It's it's unbelievable uh, to hear the amount of negativity he gets, and when you get in the ring with him, he is absolutely one of like it, it was an eye-opening moment for me. You know, going like, oh my god, this guy's really, really mm. good. It like it just uh, and like again, like sixteen years of like you know being in there with them all, and mm. then like getting in there with Roman, who has among like the fans and like some of you know uh, wrestlers around the world who obviously haven't like locked up with him has kind of like a bad reputation or you know you can't wrestle you mm -hmm. can't wrestle and like when we locked up I was like oh my god this guy is great and uh, like was never like at any point in that match kind of uncomfortable or like you know I was just you know, he just put me a lot at ease uh, with the whole situation, and uh, you know, hats off to Roman. It was uh, he, re it, he really kind of led me through it. You know? Isn't it funny though? Like when you hear it, and obviously you've been around a long time, you understand yeah. uh, people's opinions and stuff. But when you don't know for sure, you don't believe it. But you're kind of like, well, you know, I'll see if this guy's any good, or we'll yeah. see how good he is. And 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 the same thing happened with with Cena. Actually, Nakamura said the same thing. He thought that Cena was just a typical American wrestler until he yeah. actually saw him up close and saw just how good he is. Yeah. Because people, like you said, Roman, and this is the same thing. Give him about another year or so, and people will start, you know, buzzing for him because he's so good. He never has yeah. a bad match. Never. Works hard. Great performer. Yeah. Good instinct. Third generation timing. Yeah. You know, it's just there. Yeah. So no, he he's got it all, and uh, yeah, the match was what it was. Uh, one, two, three. For a split second, I almost started crying. Mm. Yeah, and like I'm not really like an emotional like person, like outwardly, you know. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think like I I maybe cried for about two seconds when I won the NXT title in Tokyo against Kevin Owens, and I'd say I cried for about one second on Raw, like when the <laughs> one, two, three, like when I kind of went like yeah. 
like, and I looked up and I could see like the raw signs around and I was like holy cow man you beat Roman Reigns on your first night on Raw and like uh, I could kind of feel myself kind of welling up a little bit and said no I cool I cool you know you're cool <laughs> and, uh, but I remember going back through the curtain and like you know everyone was everyone was there at Gorilla and I was like I literally said to Stephanie is this what Monday Night Raw is like every week and I get to do this every week because this is amazing <laughs> did you speak to Vince at all before or after the match uh, yeah I sp uh, spoke to him briefly uh, before and uh, briefly afterwards so uh, you know he said uh, you know good job you know mm -hmm. there's some things we need to work on but you know which plenty, is, of, plenty yeah. of time to do it, yeah. See, I, and I love that fact because, like I, I said, into not to make this about me, but we were very close in this situation because, like, I was like, you know, bring him up, let me work with him, let's do this. Yeah. And then I get to Sunday night was a pay per view. Yeah. And I had an idea of something with me and Owens. And it's like, well, you're going to be doing something with Owens quicker than you think, but I'll talk to you about that tomorrow. And I'm like, okay. So whenever he does that, I start thinking, well, what's going on? What am I going to do? Is this going to be good? Is it going to be bad? Is yeah. it going to be weird or whatever? So I go see uh, the next day. I get to TV and I'm found out you're in a four way match. Yep. I'm like, okay. So and I see Finn in the other one. I'm like, oh, it's obvious. It's going to happen. You know, I'm going to win mine. He's going to win his. <laughs> oh, yeah, and we're going to have yeah. a, a, a confrontation. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, Vince wants you to. Uh, Vince wants Roman over on you. And I'm like, oh, so I'm not winning. And Finn is in the other one. He's probably winning. So I guess our thing is probably off. <laughs> so I go in and see Vince because now I'm like, I'm like, I like to know what's going on. So I go see him and he's like, come in my room. And he's like, yeah, we're going to, we really want to give Balor a shove and really make this, uh, it was the first live raw, make it something impactful and uh -huh. switch everything up and, you know, change everything around. And, you know, this is the way we're going. And I was like, you know, at that point, I was just happy that you were there. And it's like, if, what a great thing. Because everyone, you know, oh, Reigns is going to win, Reigns is going to win, and then you come in and win, yeah. shut everybody up, and create a new star in one night. Yeah. It's, it's genius. Yeah. I just kind of got goosebumps there as you were saying it, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. So here you are. Your first pay-per-view is a championship match. Yeah. At SummerSlam. Yeah. Once again, one of the biggest shows. Slam. You're in the championship match <laughs> yeah. against Seth Rollins. Yeah. Have you ever worked with him before? Uh, we locked up for the first time two nights ago. In Melbourne. In, in Melbourne in a tag team match. Yeah. Uh, it was you and Seth against uh, myself and Roman. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Seth is someone that I've kind of looked up to for a long time uh, on WWE TV. And um, there's always kind of, I feel, been a certain amount of who's better mm. uh, kind of not heat but kind of uh, edge between both of us yeah, healthy know? rivalry yeah, he healthy rivalry and uh, you know it was, it's interesting because we touched on it we done um, an NXT panel in Brooklyn the morning of last takeover which will be you know a year and a day to uh, SummerSlam to SummerSlam yeah. and uh, it was something that he touched on about uh, you know people would always talk about oh you know Seth's better oh no Finn's better this and that and uh, you know he was like no I'm the man and like 
I'm very kind of like, you know, standoffish and that kind of thing. I don't think anyone's better than anyone. Everyone's just different, you know, different flavors. And uh, it's kind of, it's very funny to me that it's come down to like a year later. Well, ha- ha- haven't had this conversation at the, uh, right. the NXT panel that now we're having this title match uh, at SummerSlam. Which so. I'm assuming probably the main event. It'll probably go on last. Uh, I have no idea. I'm, I'm not saying that you yep. know. I'm just saying in yep. my opinion it probably will if you think about the match. I, know, I mean, Orton and Lesnar and there's the other the yep. SmackDown thing. But to me, I think you're, like, to me it seems you're, you're going to be the last match at SummerSlam, you know? Yeah. Um, the way you just said about like you like to know everything, mm-hmm. I like to know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's something that I've kind of, you know, I don't know. I just feel like there's less things to worry about if I know everything that's true. you know and because uh, you know everything changes a million times it, yeah, it anyways, all changes right? and you get one idea stuck in your head and then it's hard to kind of let go of that idea yeah you know, that's so, a great point yeah so uh, so you know until yeah, I'm very much need to know basis kind of <laughs> <laughs> but um, and that's what I, I love about this though is that you, you're coming into this with a really good attitude from being in the business for so long you have that experience of knowing like you said until it happens it ha- it's not happening, yeah. or it hasn't happened yet. Yeah. You know, but it, it. I just. I love when the company does this. Even doing it with Ziggler and, and Ambrose, it's like somebody new, which yeah. is what the business is all about. And plus, what a way for you to debut. I mean, this is like you're going to be stoked, and you're going to be even more into it than you would because it's a title match yeah. against Rollins. Yeah. You know. Um. Again, I guess I should be. <laughs> but for me it's just another match mm. and it's in the same building that I had the match with Kevin against right. last year so it'll be the same amount of people the same locker room you know the same amount of production same I'm, horrible in and out at the Barclays Center it's so hard to get in that <laughs> yeah. damn place yeah. and uh, perhaps you know the same uh, agonizing paint job <laughs> and, uh, and scrub up job afterwards <laughs> <laughs> well let's talk about that I know we spoke about this last time around but that seemed like it was a lifetime ago yeah People got to see it on Raw this week, the emergence of the demon character, which we both know it, NXT fans know it, but I love the fact that the WWE Universe, for the majority, for the most part, basically had no idea what you were talking about until they got to see it. Yeah. And then experienced like this super cool, one of, one of my favorite gimmicks that I've seen over the last you know, 10, 15 years. Oh, thank you. So give me a little background on, on where you got the idea for this and then what it entails to, to, to put it on and do it yeah I think uh, we touched on it before was that I turned heel in Japan mm-hmm. and uh, you know I kind of changed my wrestling style from being kind of high fly and high impact to cheating and you know doing you know win by any means necessary but I still felt like people had an attachment to like my physical appearance mm-hmm. and so I had a couple of options one was to put on a ton of weight which I didn't personally want to do. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, uh, I'm a fat so. Yeah. Uh, the other was wear a bodysuit, like Liger. Mm-hmm. And the third idea was to paint myself head to toe in black and look like a shadow, like <laughs> just moving around the ring. So, like, people were like, is it a human? Is it not? And uh, that was basically where the idea stemmed from, and it kind of grew over time into a demon character. Right, right. Yeah. Which, to, to me, is just... Uh, it's almost like it's like Venom from Spider-Man, right? Yeah. Was there some influence of that? Yes, yeah, that yeah. There was there was a lot of influences. Uh, you know, I was almost went to art college when I left school. 
you know, I'd applied, uh, got accepted, and then just didn't go. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so I've always kind of been heavily in, into art. Uh, I love kind of the, the animation, especially in comic books, and kind of the body language portrayed by the heroes and villains. So, like, that's something that kind of influenced it a lot. But uh, really, the main idea was just I wanted to look like a shadow. And it wasn't, like, it wasn't originally the idea of I want to be like Venom. Mm-hmm. It was I wanted to look like a shadow. And it's a guy in the ring wrestling against his own shadow. Did, but, did you, uh, were the first couple of times, were you a shadow? Were no, I, n- I, never, I never got to do uh, fully, uh, fully, black, fully yeah. black. What happened was uh, the girl that I hired to, to apply the paint the first time uh, came. And the idea was, excuse me, ma'am, can you paint me entirely black? And she says, absolutely, I can. But I can also do this. And she has a portfolio. And she starts flicking through the portfolio. And I go, oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And that's the cool thing about working with artists. Yeah. yeah. You know? And, uh, like, you know, I got to work with a couple different artists, you know, one in Japan, one in the UK. I've worked with a few here in the UK, uh, in America now. And, uh, you know, getting to kind of collaborate with those and kind of ping pong ideas back and forward is really uh, something that kind of gets my creative juices flowing, you know. Because I remember in Japan, uh, you didn't wear the paint when we worked, but the next night you did against Owens. Yeah. And you had to get there three hours before the show, four hours before the show? Yeah, I I normally allow myself four hours for the wow. entire paint job. But That's insane. Yeah. Uh, just depends on different factors, with, like getting pulled away and stuff like that. And, you know... Uh, you know, if something gets messed up and I don't like it, I'm like cleaning it off and start again. Mm-hmm. But uh, normally it's maybe three and a half, but I'll allow four hours, and then maybe I want it done an hour before the match mm-hmm. starts. You know, so I got time to prepare and warm yeah, up and stuff. And yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so it is. Yeah, it's a process. It's a long day. Have you found somebody in the states? Like, do you have to fly somebody in? Or is there yeah, yeah. I have, a, have, a, have a couple different people that uh, that can come in from different places, and depending on what type of paint we're going to use or what you know the style requires so you're flying them in yeah although i'm assuming now probably you don't have to worry about that expense anymore i, I hope not <laughs> <laughs> it's funny when i was talking to vince about that day uh, that monday on your birthday we were talking about the paint and he's like yeah. is that stuff toxic <laughs> i said well i don't think so because it was toxic It'd probably kill him he's <laughs> <laughs> like how long does it take to put on i said well it takes about three hours or four hours it's not like a, a decal like like a decal like a yeah. Uh, what's the guy is it Hakushi remember that he had, oh uh, yeah remember he had the I, tattoos I, I, I always asked how did he do that do you it know was, it was with uh, I don't know what, how to pronounce it in Canada we call them decals I think they're yeah. called decals like stickers yeah. uh-huh. that you put a strip on and then like use water to like like a kid's tattoo got it yeah that sort of thing yeah. so he would just have strips of them oh, and do I it I gotta look into some of those maybe well if you could I think <laughs> I think uh, Matt had them but Matt Bloom when he was Tenzai I think That's he right, had them yeah. as well right yeah. but so so you have to, to, to bring somebody in and then and they're putting the, the paint on. So this is not something you're going to do on a you know Sunday afternoon in Peoria at a house show. <laughs> I certainly hope not. Is <laughs> <laughs> that something in the back of your mind? Were you thinking like, I hope Vince doesn't want me to do this every time? Uh, it wasn't something that I ever put too much kind of a, you mm. know, thought or concern into. I always right. thought like it would work itself out in the long run. Like it's crazy because I. When I signed with, you know, WWE, a lot of people would say, you know, you're crazy. You're not going to be able to do your paint. You're not going to be able to do this. You're not going to be able to do that. And here I am now, like, wrestling with the idea of 
am I going to do it every day or not? <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> so, no, yeah. See, to me, that blows my mind that people would say that because to me, yeah. your gimmick is tailor-made for yeah. the WWE. It's exactly yeah. what we do here. Yeah. And we haven't had a gimmick like this since Kane and The Undertaker. Like a really cool, supernatural, creepy... People love that shit. Yeah. You know, it's perfect for here. Yeah. Um, when I came in... Uh, I was under the idea that it was gone forever. Really? Yeah. And um, I remember uh, being at the performance center about a month, maybe six weeks, and uh, Hunter pulled me aside and he just kind of folded his arms, kind of tilted his head to the side and said, so tell me about this paint that you do. And uh, I just, you know, explained it. And uh, then, you know, I had a conversation with himself and uh, William Regal and they just basically pointed out, like, listen this is a cool idea mm -hmm. we like it we just have to find out a reason why you do it you can't just like turn up some days painted mm -hmm. and like it's not explained you know so we, we need a backstory so uh, that's basically it like WWE really I don't want to say created the gimmick but ironed out the kinks sure. and like made it something that it wasn't it was just me turning up in a bunch of paint of you know whatever I wanted so, weekend. so what was the backstory that you came up with? Uh, basically, the idea is, you know, everyone has their demons, and some people are able to kind of, you know, control them a lot better than others. And when I need to kind of tap into my inner demon, that's when I. So when you the need paint. to really like channel that, yeah, that aggression, that anger, you know, that focus. A big match yeah. situation, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, it's interesting that you said that because um, Y2J was an idea I had to call my finisher. Uh huh. And then when I told it to Vince, he was like, no, 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 Y2J isn't the name of your finishing move. Y2J is you. And I was like, really? And like, what a genius thing. Yeah. Like you said, I've got this idea of the paint, really, but, but why do you have it? Yeah. And like, just, I love the little nuances yeah. of what the WWE and you know Hunter the why, not the hell. The why, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And just taking these little things like, okay, this is what I am, and moving it just a little bit to the left. And you're like, wow, it's so much better. I never would have thought of that. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. At the airport today, we were waiting, and there was a, a little kid there. Yeah. Wearing a full length demon costume. Yeah. Is that something that they were selling, or did he make that himself? He made that himself. I said to Roman uh, to Reigns, I said. Get ready to sell about a million of those things for Halloween and all, you know, like, that's yeah. Like um, last Halloween, uh, I think was christened Ballerween, and there was so many, there was so many people, um, you know, with uh, face paint and you know body suits and uh, you know demon costumes. That you know, I'm a huge fan of this. I'm a huge supporter of this. So anyone who goes to the trouble of like painting their face sending me a picture of it I'm retweeting it mm -hmm. straight away mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I think it got to the point where there was like 600 retweets <laughs> by me that day which is like <laughs> rare I barely tweet at all yeah, anymore you know yeah. and uh, like you know I got a lot of heat with the boys in NXT they're like oh, dude stop blowing up my time yeah, 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 yeah. they don't follow no. me dude yeah, sorry I know but like a lot of the boys said yeah man I had to unfollow you for a week because you know, you're just <laughs> yeah, yeah. retweeting too much stuff. Yeah, like, yeah, no people that follow Finn on Twitter around Balorween you might yeah. want to unfollow and forbid if it bugs you. Yeah. Because yeah, like I yeah, said, so. if there was 600 last year, not, not that you don't realize, but you don't realize how big this is going to be and how much bigger the universe is now. I have no idea. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now, it's yeah. going to go through the roof. Yeah. You know, I'm seeing kids, I'm seeing like masks, I'm seeing the, the headpiece that you have. The, it, it, like I can just see Vince sitting in his, 
in his vault of money, just <laughs> rubbing his hands and cackling. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> but I mean, that's that's the thing. That, like it's like you said, taking this idea of this image and this gimmick and putting it out to the mainstream. Yeah, it's tailor made for this. Yeah, you know, uh, I hope so. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, th- I think I think so. I think for sure. It's quite really- interesting, uh, you know. And I always have this conversation with Carl Anderson uh, and you know Sami Zayn as well. And, you know, he's you know, as you're aware, you know, he's quite a, a deep thinker. Yeah. And uh, you know, he'll always say like, "Man, isn't it isn't it so crazy that you spent like." 14 years like honing your profession trying to be like the most you know detailed uh, technical wrestler you could possibly be all of a sudden you paint your face and you know everything just mushrooms you know at light speed so uh, I don't know is it one of those cases of which came first you know mm-hmm. you know and what I have been able to to do the paint without you know the the backstory, but uh, it's it's definitely well, remember, food for thought. Anyway. I remember Mick said once he's like, you know, I spent all these years taking thumbtack bumps and you know exploding barbed wire matches, yeah. and the most I've ever was was with a sock in my hand. Yeah, right. You know, because once yeah. again, you know, I, I know that hardcore fans will say one thing, but this is the brilliance of the WWE is taking that technical wrestling out of just two guys half naked in their underwear, mm-hmm. exchanging amazing holds and moves yeah. into mainstream entertainment. Yeah. I wonder would Mick have been over with a sock in his hand if he had not had the career that he had before that, if that makes sense. Because nobody else would have got that sock over, only him. You're right. So... Plus, with the people having the respect of him falling through the cell and all the stuff he did, yeah, you know, yeah, I, I think you're right. Like you said, I think the 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 foundation comes first, and then yeah. the accolades come after. But once again, you're coming in the WWE. A lot of people have never seen you before. You're yeah. coming in with this gimmick. It's, yeah. it's it's a modern, you know, Undertaker type vibe, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's crazy, man. <laughs> it is, man. It's super crazy. What do you think? Uh, have you did you work with AJ in Japan at all? Never, man. Me and AJ, my last day in New Japan. Uh, I had my last ma- like blow off match with Taguchi, my longtime tag team partner turned like nemesis who we built to this match for a year. Uh, I had my last match lost to Taguchi. One match later, AJ done a run in and debuted. Okay. So we literally like were never on screen at the same time. Uh, yeah, because he kind of took over the Bullet yeah, Club when you and, left. Uh, yeah. So uh, we've had kind of our whole kind of career. We've kind of like missed each other everywhere. Bar like I think we had one one match in New Japan where it was like maybe a six man or an eight man tag uh, where we were maybe in the ring together for like two minutes mm-hmm. uh, tops. But uh, yeah, we've had very little interaction. And now again. Like, I was in NXT, he was in, you know, Raw and SmackDown, then the brands get, you know, divided, and uh, he's now in SmackDown, I'm on mm-hmm. Raw, so we kind of miss each other again, so I'm hoping eventually, you know, the, you know, we'll, uh, we'll come together, and, you know. It's exciting, too, though, like, one of the things I'm enjoying about this run that I have right now is that there's so many great new guys to work with, yeah. and nothing, you know, like, I love working the guys that I work with, but you work them 5, 10, 20, 30, 40, 100 times. Now it's like, okay, there's Owens and there's Zane and there's Cesaro and there's Ambrose and there's, you know, AJ. Yeah. And it's like a whole Roman and now you. Yeah. It's so much fun because it's like you discover this whole new world, this whole fresh cast of guys yeah. who can all work and have the great attitude. And to me, it, 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 it gives me this buzz that I just want to keep going, like, yeah. you know, yeah, never bored. Of, it's like you, 
you know, kid with a new, new set toy. of toys. Yeah. So you must feel that way too, because in NXT, obviously the roster is is a good roster, but you're working the same guys, I imagine, quite often. Yeah. Listen, I can't explain how much Samoa Joe has kind of influenced me over the last six months of getting that run with him, and like how much I've learned from like working against him. Mm -hmm. uh, then obviously coming in getting to work with you like mm. you know not blowing smoke but you know like the last couple of nights we've been able to work with each other and kind of like seeing things from a different perspective mm -hmm. and just kind of that constantly changing horizon of like getting to work with new people and kind of like see things from different points of view like testing yourself against mm -hmm. like different you know body types shapes styles uh, it's yeah adapting to everybody's nuances yeah you know and like joe really taught me how to fight you know, because I had to fight him, mm -hmm. uh, and like that's something that's gonna like I, that really helped me in the match with Roman, because I had worked with Joe so much that I'd learned to to kind of have this kind of almost like slugfest style, but as a smaller guy, and uh, you know I applied some of the lessons that I learned off Joe in the match with Roman on mm. Raw, and that kind of really helped me like slip right in there where I would have like. Had I not have had that series with Joe, I wouldn't have adapted uh, to the Roman match so right. seamlessly, you know. Right. So uh, I think all those kind of lessons and, you know, now getting to work with you. Because uh, it's just yeah. minor things. Like when we worked, there was maybe one little thing here, one little thing there. Same thing when I work with people. It's just one little thing that you learn, but you can take yeah. that and run with it. Yeah, you know, and you know. if you you work with like a hundred people and learn one little thing from them, you know. It's, yeah, that's what yeah. I love. Yeah. Who are you looking forward to, to working with here? Uh, I'm really excited to work with Seth. Mm -hmm. uh, that's that's a big one. Um, John Cena. Mm. Yeah, like you know, he's been there 15 years. Yeah, and uh, you know that's where I want to be. So I'm not going to make any bones about it. You know, he's another guy though. Like you said, he's like you don't realize how good he is until you get in the ring with him. Yeah. And a lot of people don't realize John calls most of his matches in the ring. Yeah. Which is really a lost art. Yeah. You know, I mean, he'll have some stuff figured out, but most the finish is done, but most of it, other than that, is just on his feel. Yeah. Which is a very rare thing, uh -huh. you know. Which is cool, which yeah. I like. So yeah, I've uh, I've had a chance to watch uh, him and AJ tear it up the last couple mm -hmm. of nights, and uh, just like watching through the curtain and at, at the monitor, you know, at Gorilla, it's uh, you know, just getting to see it in the environment and listen to the crowd like through the curtain is uh, it, how he does it. You know, mm -hmm. it's a skill that uh, not many have. I'm excited to talk to you maybe a month from now uh, just to see like AJ when he came in here was talking about how he worked he worked on national TV for 10 years with TNA yeah. uh, you know good fan base but it's not it, nothing compares to when you come here yeah. you've only been on the show for two three weeks now have you noticed the amount of people that recognize you has gone up way up yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's insane or the amount of people like that now like in Japan I could go to Japan like wrestle my heart out for 40 minutes on pay-per-view and I wouldn't get one message on my phone <laughs> after the match and like I'll go out on on raw and like talk <laughs> you know and, uh, I'll come back and there's like 70 messages <laughs> there's like you know 50 whatsapps there's like 20 <laughs> dms I'm like what the, the reach that you know WWE has is mind-blowing to me uh, but I think the thing that kind of helps me keep it in perspective is that it's 
just the same things that I've been doing all along. Sure. You know, and uh, now just more people. Just see at it. a bigger level. Yeah, yeah. You know, because that's exactly what it is where I, I think even AJ said this when you go through an airport or you, you know, sit down next to somebody, what do you do? Uh, I'm a wrestler. Are you in the WWE? Well, no, I'm in this other company. And it's almost like you're not, okay, you must not be a re- you must not be any good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and now you can finally say, I wrestle in the WWE. Yeah. Right? Yeah, normally I just say, uh, I'm in between jobs right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Self employed. Yeah. Self employed. You never want to get it because everyone yeah. always has to go, yeah. wrestling, huh? Yeah. I used to watch wrestling when I do you know do you know uh, Baron Miguel Cicluna? <laughs> Uh, Billy superstar Billy Graham. Oh, yeah. he was my favorite. Like, yeah. oh my gosh, if I sat next to a musician, I wouldn't go. You know, my favorite band. <laughs> I love the Beatles. Have you ever? Did you ever play a song with the Beatles? <laughs> you know, that's what we always yeah. get, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I I like to say it, I work for a wrestling company. Oh, okay. Right. And then they say, Oh, what do you do? And I said, Oh, I count the lights. <laughs> <laughs> Good, good, yeah, good, right? Yeah, yeah. But speaking of have finally having that uh, mainstream recognition, uh, how, how, I know your family is uh, is very always been supportive. They must be just freaking out now that you're actually. Oh man, like yeah, uh, talking about like the draft. Uh, I had to do an interview that I put on pause so I could FaceTime my mum and dad who are awake back home in Ireland at like three a.m. Uh, decked out in Baller Club gear, uh, <laughs> like like shouting like you know. Like Ireland had qualified for the World Cup, and then uh, like st- got straight back into the locker room after Monday Night Raw be- had beaten Roman, and you know it was about a half an hour after that. Again, I got to the locker room, and it must be like five a.m. in Ireland, and like I call home, and they're like you know up dancing around the sitting room, like you know like we'd won the World Cup. So uh, yeah, they've been incredible supporters like the whole way through this, and. Uh, They'll they'll be at SummerSlam as well. So, That's great. Yeah, they were they were upset they weren't able to be at uh, at the debut. But as I said, like I didn't even know it was going to happen. So you know, there was no way they were. They See, were and that's, be there. when I won the undisputed championship, like my wife wasn't there, my dad wasn't there because I didn't know. Yeah. Same as you, I'd heard rumors, but yeah. until that day, yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. So you always see people win the title, and they've got a whole their whole family's there. I didn't even know. I was like, I'm not inviting anybody because it's probably not going to happen anyways. Yeah. You know, and yeah. then so it's like, why didn't you tell me? Dad, I didn't even know. You didn't <laughs> yeah. know? No, I didn't know. <laughs> what do you mean? It's not planned out months in advance? <laughs> yeah. No. Well, let me tell you something. Yeah, a couple last things. You mentioned the Balor Club, mm-hmm. uh, and that was something that was the uh, trademark by the WWE as a merchandise thing, and everyone was expecting, oh, it's going to be the Bullet Club. And I, I love reading the things when, oh, obviously, this week on Raw, you know, uh, the Bullet Club's going to uh, turn on AJ and Balor's going to show up and reunite. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. everyone had yeah. their thing, where you got to be the Bullet Club. Yeah. You know, is that something you think could happen? Or um, do you think... I think it could happen eventually, mm-hmm. but I don't think it needs to happen right now. I agree. I, yeah, I don't think there's, there's any no reason right now. Yeah. Um, and uh, fantasy booking, yeah, you know, it's it's a great kind of kind of idea like you know with, with plenty of options but uh, i think for me right now being my own entity is like more important for myself and i think for gallows for them, and anderson yeah. you know to, yeah to, to establish themselves yeah so um i think down the line it's definitely a possibility but uh for now i'm very it just made me laugh though because like balor club which is a cool it could be the name of a, of a clothing company but yeah. because it was balor club everyone just assumed well that's the new name for the bullet club uh, and they're yeah. all going to be together and that's exactly what's going to happen and it's going to start tonight yeah. it didn't happen tonight uh i remember uh, when i first came to the w it was almost like a golden age for canadian wrestling edge christian jericho yeah. benoit yeah. uh there's a lot of Lance great storm. canadians Lance storm i mean yeah. brett was kind of still around yeah 
we're almost in. A, I think this is the first time ever in WWE history where it's, it's basically like a lot of Irish uh, performers, yeah, like yeah. three really good ones, and probably one of the best producers in Fit Finley. Yeah, all Irish. Yeah. Did you know all of them coming up through the system? Uh, I knew Rebecca came and trained uh, Becky Lynch. With, yeah, yeah. yeah, with uh, with NWA Ireland when uh, when I was part of NWA Ireland, she was uh, one of the students there, and uh, like from the moment she walked in the door everyone knew what she was going to do and you know it was just a matter of time mm-hmm. you, know, you know she had her her journey that kind of kind of brought her different ways right. and finally back to wrestling and uh, you know she's uh, she's been unbelievable like you know and even just every time I see her walk out on, on TV like she owns it every time yeah and uh, like none of the boys at the training center back in like whatever it was 2002 were under any like doubt that she was not going to make, make it, you know. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you know, Seamus, I had met maybe around two thousand three, two thousand four, in a train station. We met up. We had a pint, had a chat about wrestling. Uh, he wrestled for the evil Irish Whip Wrestling, <laughs> like you know. So there's two, there's two Irish based promotions. Who was the one? Uh, NWA Ireland, okay, and uh, Irish Whip Wrestling. Uh, I was with one. He was with the other. But we were kind of, uh, you know we're kind of almost like uh, cheating on our girlfriends kind of deal mm-hmm. where like we're yeah, meeting yeah. up and meeting talking in the, yeah, in the yeah. middle of the night yeah, yeah. and uh, you know di- di- discussing the business and basically like had the same idea that there's more to wrestling mm-hmm. than like this petty little feud you don't know that when you're companies. starting right you think no, it's yeah. like yeah. Yeah. I'll never talk to them yeah, I'll yeah. never work for NWA no, Ireland yeah there's like 3 million people in Ireland probably <laughs> maybe 150 people in the wrestling scene. <laughs> yeah. uh, let's split it in half. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and that right, sounds right, like a great right. idea. Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, we were kind of both of the same idea that you know we need to get out of here. We need to kind of spread our wings. We want to pursue it. He came to WWE and started in developmental. I went to Japan, and uh, now we're we're here together. And uh, it, it's great, kind of to help you. It kind of takes me out of the moment every time. We'll kind of, I'll see him, and we'll just have a little bit of like Irish banter, or Irish crack, you know. And uh, it, it really means kinda... something, doesn't it? Like there's like me and Owens and Sammy, like the you know all Canadian guys. Yeah. There's you know you, you have a little kindredship. Yeah. You go in the corner and talk a little Canadian if you need to. You're a little <laughs> yeah. bit, you know, you know, just like a, you'll hear an old Dublin saying that he'll say or something, you know. And I go, ah, yeah, you know, that's, <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> yeah, you're proud of each other yeah. too because yeah. of it, right? Yeah. yeah. Last question: What was your favorite match that you had in, in NXT? If you had to pick one or two of them, the technically wasn't NXT match, but it was the match against Kevin at the WWE Special in Tokyo, uh, winning the title there for so many reasons. Mm-hmm. Like that was the building that I'd seen my first New Japan show at live. Uh, it was the building that I had my last New Japan match uh, in, and then like a year, a year later to return kind of like when I left I was under the impression I was never going back there to Japan or I'd maybe never get to see a lot of those friends again and then like a year later to have that match against Kevin who I became very close with and you know surrounded by a lot of the friends that I'd left a year behind was kind of a very kind of full circle Mm -hmm. kind of uh, coming of age moment Uh, so for so many reasons that was one of them the match against Joe in Worcester when I lost the title was probably my favorite one hmm. and being able to lie on the mat and look up at Joe's hand being raised with the title and the, 
the shock, like the split of like shock and joy of the house show crowd, <laughs> of like what have we witnessed? And uh, I think that was one of the most, it's probably the most satisfying moment that I had in NXT of like we really kind of we built to that for a long time and completely surprised mm -hmm. everyone mm -hmm. and it came out of the blue and uh, I thought that was probably the best booking move that a company has made in a long yeah. time yeah I think well, once again when Joe comes up here it's going to be another guy who's just like we're, he's going to be an overnight sensation yeah. after 50, 20 years working yeah you know yeah. what I mean <laughs> yeah yeah. Uh, yeah Joe's like ready for a long time but um what 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 he brings to NXT is something that no one can replace. Mm -hmm. And you know, I said earlier on about you know the business like regenerates itself, and you know someone will step in. It's gonna take some big shoes to fill in the role that Joe plays in the locker room, mm -hmm. and that's way more valuable than what he plays on TV as sure a character is. because he is a leader, true and true. And you know he's always got time for everyone. You know his advice is always pinpoint. He's been through it all. Uh, I call him kind of my Buddha. You know, where <laughs> if I've ever got a problem or ever got an issue, uh, I'll be like straight on the phone to Joe. He's one of the people that like I trust most in his yeah, business. And uh, uh, you know he's gonna he's gonna come in here eventually, and he's gonna shake things up. Let me ask you one last question. Yeah, uh, and, and uh, I can see uh, a, a Finn Balor Demon versus the Undertaker match. Oh, man. Has that ever crossed your mind? I know you always say, like, I never think about it, but in a fantasy world, like, that would be a killer presentation. Yeah. Um, you know what? So, like, uh, before the last WrestleMania, when, uh, before the Undertaker's match got announced, I'd kind of... I kind of fantasy book myself in my head sometimes, you know, just for the... Yeah, you know, sure, that's what we do. And uh, I go, you know what? If they really wanted to make me... They'd, Put me debut match surprise like uh, mystery opponent versus Undertaker. I'll come out as the demon, and you know, even if I lose, you still win. I still win. Yeah, right. And that's what I used to think. I also used to think, if I'm gonna debut on Raw, I want to kick the door down and I want to beat Roman Reigns on my first night. And I'm not kidding. Really, I've said that out loud to some of my friends. I said, that's how you make a debut. You go in and you beat the top guy. Yeah. And uh, I literally... Like, I was, well, you got one down. <laughs> yeah, I got one you down. You never know, man. So, uh, so you know, I like to like put things out there in the sure. universe. Yeah, that's and, right. You know, you, have, you know, it'll all come back. So hopefully I'll get that yeah. match. I will get that match. You will, it's going to happen. Yeah, and you heard it here happen. first. I booked yeah. it. Yeah. All right, dude. Sunday, huge, huge match. It's good to have you part of the team. And I'm telling you right now, watch out for Ballerine this year. There's going to be thousands of kids. <laughs> Ballerine. <laughs> So great to have Finn Balor on the team at Raw. I've been waiting for this to happen since I had him on Talk as Jericho last year, since I worked with him in Japan last year, and now I'm waiting for the Demon to, uh, well, to get in the ring with The Undertaker, for one, and for two, to become the new WWE Universal Champion. Can he do it? Hey, he's got a 50-50 shot. Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor this Sunday at SummerSlam for the brand new WWE Universal Championship. I will be there. Of course, it's Jericho and Owens against uh, Enzo and Cass. That's going to be a lot of fun. It's a huge show check it out only live on the wwe network and don't forget to check out on march 15th 2017 when it's the biggest podcast ever mick foley joins talk is jericho the countdown has begun 207 days left until the biggest podcast ever 
All right, just changing the voice up there. Thanks all again to you guys for supporting the great sponsors. A lot of them this week. Hey, man, we're hot. What can I say? What can I tell you? DDPyoga.com slash Jericho. Change your life. Get in the best fitness and shape of your life. Get 20% off the DDP Yoga program plus three months full access to the DDP Yoga Now app. Remember, I've lost 12 pounds in three weeks with DDP Yoga being a big reason for that. Uh, also, DraftKings, thank you to them. Use my promo code Y2J to play for free with your first deposit. Loot Crate, the uh, the uh, uh, promo code is TALK. Then, of course, Buffalo Wild Wings. Go check that out. Beer, sports, food, uh, wings, all that great stuff you can get. And True Car, the fastest way to buy a brand new or used car. And a big thanks to Amazon. They've been with this podcast since the very beginning. Remember, just go to them links, podcast1.com. Click on the Killer Deals button in the top right corner of the page. Then hit the Talk is Jericho button. Got those links in USA, USA, uh, USA, uh, UK, and Canada. And every time you use them links, Amazon kicks back a small percentage to this show to help us cover our production costs. You can buy anything you want. There's no extra fees or hidden challenges. Uh, just go to podcast1.com. Click on the Killer Deals button in the top right corner of the page. Then hit the Talk is Jericho button. Thank you so much. Go back and listen to Who's Hot and and who's not a show from a couple days ago with team tiger. Awesome. Subscribe to their podcast. If you like it, uh, check out the eighties teen sex comedy show with Eli Roth. That was hilarious. Lots of great stuff. The stuck mojo podcast was killer. New Metallica song. That was amazing as well. Working on getting them on the show. Lots of cool stuff. Uh, keep listening right now for the 62nd AP news headlines coming up next and coming up next Wednesday, right here on talk is Jericho. I got one of the most controversial figures in MTV reality game show history. I got Johnny Bananas is going to be here after he won Challenge Rivals. Uh, and basically, uh, well, you have, you'll hear all about it, how he basically stabbed his partner in the back to win the uh, the big, big uh, cash prize. I think it was $275,000, whatever it was. Everyone's talking about Johnny Bananas. And he, he told me some great, great stories about what they have to go through for these reality shows and all of these wacky places like Mexico and Peru and Russia, etc., etc., etc. All the stuff they have to eat, the, the the intestines they have to eat, and all this stuff, crazy stuff. MTV Challenge Champion, uh, he's been champion. I think he's been in twelve shows and won like six of them. Johnny Bananas is going to be here. Very interesting guest. We'll see you next week with a big giveaway. You can download new episodes of Talk Is Jericho every Wednesday and Friday at podcast1.com. That's podcastone.com. 